of the unique features of the Living Church of Jesus Christ is its ever-expanding body of fundamental spiritual knowledge about man's identity and purpose, which enlarges the memory of this people. Scripture declares that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, and if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven and dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. We come having prayed and prepared. For many of us, there are pressing worries and earnest questions. We want to renew our faith in our Savior Jesus Christ strengthen our ability to resist temptation and avoid distractions. We come to be taught from on high. The purpose of this and every general conference is to help us to hear him. Hey everyone, welcome to Conference Talk, episode 27. And we are talking about Elder D. Todd Christofferson's talk called Sharing the Message of the Restoration and the Resurrection. And I got my sidekick, Kevin, here. I'm not a sidekick. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something. I'm a co-host. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got my co-host, Kevin, here, and also my eternal companion. And we're going to be talking to you today about it. So we're excited, as we always are. So... I don't know if there's ever been a time that I haven't been excited to share or talk about the gospel, <laughs> which is perfect for this talk, actually. Yeah, it's interesting because I think we were talking, yeah, we were we were not last episode, but the episode before with Elder Uchtdorf. Mm-hmm. We were, you kind of said something like, oh, this is the, this could be perceived as the missionary talk. Oh, yeah. And we kind of found a different way to uh, think about what he, Elder Uchtdorf, talked about. And then, likewise, this talk could be taken at, at face value and be like, oh, this is the missionary talk. And in many ways, that's true. There's definitely a component of missionary work and and sharing the gospel through, you know, missionary lessons and just ministering and things like that. But, you know, what I really got out of Elder Christofferson's talk was that at the center of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the redemption that comes because of Jesus Christ Mm. and because of his atoning sacrifice. Like none of it is, none of it could be possible without the savior at the center right his mission was central yeah and i I guess if i could just add one more clarification or something that that um makes it a little bit more clear like what i'm actually talking about is the fact that we just as he was resurrected after dying on the cross we also will be resurrected we'll live with our families like it's, you know, the the resurrection is is that core part 
of what makes the restoration so beautiful? Well, I think the Book of Mormon is what makes that beautiful too. Okay. And I say that because I feel like in the talk, he talks about the importance of the Book of Mormon and, and where the, the restoration. Yeah. Where do we find more information about the resurrection than in the Book of Mormon? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't, there's, there's no volume of scripture more abundant with information about Christ's role as our redeemer and our savior from death, as well as sin and physical pain. Yeah. And then in the pain. book of Mormon. Yeah. We learned about that in Institute last night. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. We learned a lot about it. And Do you want to kind of share some of those thoughts that we, we had? Well, we just, we learned a lot about Christ's role in his ministry and even in his birth and what it means and why he had to be just like Jesus Christ as he is. Like he was born of a mortal mother, but he also had a God for a father. He had heavenly father. And so he was a mortal, but also a God. And that was essential for him to be able to talk about what you're doing, saying, Kevin, is to redeem us and to save us from those things and to fill our sufferings. And the only way he could do that is if he were God and mortal. Because through mortality, he inherited death, right, from Mary, his mother. And there was one more thing, too, that he pointed out. Oh, the ability to feel pain and suffering, too. He inherited all that from having a mortal mother. But from our Heavenly Father, God, who is also our Heavenly Father, he inherited the ability to raise himself up from the dead and to um, do these miracles and, and to be able to do everything that he really did in his ministry. And... Brother Turner, our institute teacher, pointed out something, and he's like, do you think Christ knew what it felt like to stub his toe? <laughs> you know, just like little things we don't think about. He did know what that felt like. And that is the central, you know, the message of the restoration is that we know that he lives, and we know that he is here continuing to guide his church today. And you are a part of it. Everybody on the earth is a part of it or can be a part of it if they choose to, right? Right. And the way that we prove, I guess you could say, or share that message is through the Book of Mormon and gaining a testimony and a witness of it. Um, and I like what Elder Christofferson says. He says, the restoration belongs to the world, and its message is especially urgent today. Because I think there's so many things that are happening in the world that I mean, we have a huge need for a savior. I mean, think about just, you think about the econ economic upheavals and the elections and natural disasters and just so many things going on. People need a savior to know that everything in the end does work out to give them an assurance and a calmness and a peace. And that's what Christ does, right? 
And so Christofferson talks, Elder Christofferson talks about, um, he quotes scripture, actually. He says, from the Book of Mormon. So go listen to Book of Mormon podcast too. <laughs> Plug. But it says, wherefore, how great the importance to make these things known unto the inhabitants of the earth, that they may be known that there is no flesh that can dwell in the presence of God, save it be through the merits and mercy and grace of the Holy Messiah, who layeth down his life according to the flesh, and taketh it again by the power of the Spirit, that he may bring to pass the resurrection of the dead. And that's in Second Nephi 2.8. So, yeah. I don't even know what I just said, to be honest with you. <laughs> I just I feel like I word vomited all my thoughts from Institute. Yeah, this, no, the Spirit, the Spirit was teaching. So here's, uh, while I, I listened to this talk again today in preparation for the podcast, and all I could think about mm -hmm. throughout the whole talk was the spirit world. Interesting. I just kept thinking about the spirit world. And the first instance in which that happened was in the, the verse from, uh, from second Nephi that you just quoted. Yeah. Wherefore, how great the importance to make these things known unto the inhabitants of the earth. And I highlighted earth and I said, I, I asked the question or I wrote the question, where is the spirit world? It's on earth. It's on earth. Now, can we call the people who are living in the spirit world inhabitants of the earth? Well, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. So, and it says, making known the things to them that they may know that there is no flesh that can dwell in the presence of God, flesh being worldliness or uncleanliness, right? No, just being human. Mortality, then. Yeah. Okay. Just being so, human, because we're we're a flesh and bone and blood. Well, I mean, God and Jesus Christ are also made of flesh and bone. Okay. They have they have bodies of flesh and bone. They also have, yeah. They also have like another element. It's yeah, blood. But that's not what I'm. You always love talking about that, but that's not because what I'm talking I'm fascinated about. By that's it. not what we're talking about here. We're we're <laughs> dissecting this piece of scripture to try and get at the. I took it as human. No human that can dwell in the presence of God, save it be through the merits and mercy and grace of the Holy Messiah. Okay. Or mortality. Right. Whatever you said. It, something has to change. Mm -hmm. what, what you and I can both agree on from this verse of scripture is that something has to change about us in yeah. order to meet God and Jesus Christ in their presence. Right. So, um, and of course, you know, it references the Holy Messiah being Jesus Christ who layeth down his life according to the flesh which he got from mary he got from mary his mortality and he laid it down which means he died mm -hmm. right and taketh it again by the power of the spirit from his heavenly father right that he may bring to pass the resurrection of the dead so it's almost like he had the key and he 
he didn't have the key. He was the key, yeah. right? He was what changes all of us. And people who died before his coming, they also, like many of them, I believe, received their, have already received their resurrection um, because the, as we learned in the Book of Mormon and from our good friend Daniel, the morning of the first resurrection began with Jesus Christ being resurrected. And ever since then, he's resurrecting everybody. <laughs> of course, not the people still living on the earth. Yes. Right. That's pretty funny. And, you know, not to jump or, you know, skip throughout the talk, um, but, you know, he, he tells this really stirring story, uh, Elder Christopherson does, about this woman, um, Sarah Hilton, who's apparently, if I understand the story correctly, when she and her husband um, in the late 1800s were serving as a missionary couple, and it says a young missionary couple. Um, I guess their children um, had passed away during their missionary work. And so they're buried in Samoa, uh, where they're from. And now they're living in Utah at this time, like, you know, in the, in the 1900s, whenever mm -hmm. this is taking place. And um, they were never able to go back to actually tend to or see their children's graves. If for some reason I've got this story all wrong, um, <laughs> you're welcome to let me know. Anybody else can let me know. It's kind of an unbelievable, it's, an, it's a remarkable story in that we take for granted the ability to travel even internationally today. I mean, back then it was going to be, you got on a boat and there were like possibly months long, you know, months had to pass for you to get to and from continents. Right. right. Um, and, and there's a reason that I'm bringing up travel that I'll tie in here in a second. <laughs> um, but Elder David O. McKay apparently um, was asked by this sister Hilton to visit the graves. And he, he just uh, shares this really interesting sentiment that he says, it says, Elder McKay promised Sarah, now a widow, that he would visit her children's graves in Samoa as she had never been able to return there. Elder McKay wrote back to her, your three little ones, Sister Hilton, in silence most eloquent, carry on your noble missionary work begun nearly 30 years ago. And then he added a verse of his own composition, which I guess is like a little poem or something. Yeah. Um, which I won't read at the moment, I don't know if I want to read it, um, but 
that's a very interesting sentiment that he says that they who died apparently in their youth are carrying on her noble missionary efforts clearly of course in the spirit world is what he's alluding to right right yeah now to have that kind of insight um is something like oh, it seems like only a prophet can right um and the reason that i brought up travel and i kind of wanted to tie back to that was that thinking throughout this talk i also thought about the holy ghost and the fact that he has the ability to cross through the veil right he's teaching people in the spirit world just as he teaches people in in mortality right mm -hmm. and the reason that i say we take for granted our ability to travel is that um, something that we've learned or that i've learned i should say maybe relearned is just how much how much um, ability we have to do things here on earth and how quickly we can progress here on earth meanwhile in the spirit world we i don't know exactly how it works i don't know if anyone knows exactly how it works but the progress is much slower if we chose to wait or if we didn't have the opportunity to 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 do things here if we wanted to do them there somehow it's it's um it's slower okay so i just learned something there's a reason that it's slower and what are we missing there in the spirit a body world? we're missing a body so why do you think heavenly father as a requirement of his plan of salvation had to send us all to get bodies because he knew that we couldn't progress like we could if we had a body. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So then we come here and we get a body and this is the time to progress. This is the time to go and do what you have been asked to do and remember your calling and all that stuff, right? That's why they say, this all makes sense now. That's why they say, oh, it's harder in the spirit world because you don't have your body. Right. The whole point of being sent to earth was to get your, well, part of the reason was to get your body. And then after the resurrection or when you are resurrected, your body and your spirit come back together. Right. So that's interesting. I just, I just learned, you know, cause people always say, oh, I'll just, you know, in the spirit world, they'll baptize me in the temple or whatever right. for me. And it's like, no, like it's harder. <laughs> it's actually easier to do it now, <laughs> but no one gets that concept because you'd have to understand the plan of salvation. Yeah. Right? And if you understand the plan of salvation, you're not waiting around to be acted because upon. Because you know that it's urgent. We just talked about this. President Nelson in 2018 looked in the camera of general conference and said, time is running out. Right. This is two years ago. Actually mm -hmm. almost three. <laughs> Cause we're about to start 2021 soon. Time's running out. There's, there's no time to wait, you know? 
And if time's running out here, I am sure time is still running out in the spirit world. <laughs> right. You know, there's only there's only one place that I know of that time is of no consequence, and that's in heaven. Right. And the spirit world is not to be confused with heaven. Right. It's not heaven, for the record. There was a talk that we were, mm, I guess, I, that we were made aware of through Institute. And it's by Elder Robert D. Hales. And he was and is an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, recently, somewhat recently, within the last four years, I think, uh, graduated from mortality. So <laughs> either he's in the spirit world teaching it up or it's possible he's already resurrected. Don't know. But he gave a talk in October of 2000 titled the covenant of baptism to be in the kingdom and of the kingdom. And he begins talking about a, that he he's been recovering at this point from three major surgeries, which prevented him from speaking in the past two general conferences. And that's kind of an interesting thing to think about, right? He, he, his, physical, his flesh made it, mm, I guess, impossible is maybe not the right word, but it did prevent him from speaking in those conferences, whether because of pain, which he goes on to talk about that he did, he was experiencing a lot of pain and that, you know, he seems to be a man well acquainted with grief and, and pain in his life from his, his medical issues. And, it, and maybe it seems like I'm bouncing all over the place. I don't think I am at all. Like I see the thread so clearly uh, silhouetted in this conversation. Um, you know, we, we see our, our bodies as like maybe this, um, this liability from time to time. Like, oh, my stupid muscles, my stupid body. Like, why can't it just do what I want it to do? largely due to the fallen world right not every some of these are afflictions mm -hmm. um but also just which an affliction is something that you didn't choose by your agency it's just something right. that happened upon you yeah the the greatest you didn't, you didn't cause it right the greatest definition i've heard is it's something bad that happens to you that's not your fault yeah right and um, uh, nevertheless, like really important to take care of our bodies here in mortality because it, they are mortal. They, they're perishable here for the time being. Yeah. And so, um, but then, he, yeah, I just, I just wanted to reference that talk and, and what I learned from it just this last week. Um, what else do we want to talk about from from the current talk, the Elder Christopherson's talk. Well, it's funny that you're you had a, you had a completely different take on this <laughs> talk than oh, I did. Go figure. Um, <laughs> and I really appreciate your perspective, actually, in discussing it. Mine, my take on it was more about the role 
of the Book of Mormon, <laughs> like I sure. said earlier. Um, and the invitations that we extend. And we also talked about the about this last day in Institute as well, that it's not just up to us to live the gospel and be good examples, but that we also have to show other people how to do it. We do need to uh, invite, but also show and, and give them copies of the Book of Mormon and do these things. Because if we don't do that, I mean, you're not... Like, yes, live the gospel. So there's a fine line. Like, obviously, be an example and live the gospel. But also, you need to be sharing. <laughs> you know, you need to not be afraid to open up your mouth and speak. Um, and anyway, so there was that whole thing that went through my uh, head while reading this. But I really liked the second. The, okay, so in the talk. Elder Christofferson talks about three like requisites to sharing the gospel. Um, and one of them, well, I see the first two. I always can't find the first one. Okay. He says three things are required. First, your love. Second, your example. And third, your use of the Book of Mormon. Now, I wanted to talk about the third one because right here it says, the third requisite is liberal use of the instrument of conversion that God designed for this last gospel dispensation, the Book of Mormon. And he, at the bottom of that, he says, when you share the Book of Mormon, you share the restoration. Um, and to me, that was just so straightforward. And it really testifies to me why we need to have a firm foundation and testimony and nourish it of the Book of Mormon because it is needed. It is the one thing that that it's the conversion tool that God gave us. People say, well, how do you know this is true? We hand him a book. Well, you could have made that up. Okay, well, then read it and see if I made it up, right? You know, so that's that's the proof in the pudding. There it is. And so it just, um, I was just reminded of how important it is to share, right? To share that, this amazing conversion tool that we have. And the thing is, I compared it to what I'm doing right now with my weight loss program. It's like scientific. Like it actually works, right? Like there's science behind it. There's proof to back it up. So when I talk to people about it and they're like, oh, you're just eating healthy. And I'm like, yeah, um, but it's also scientific and it helps you. And the only way you can know that is if you do it, right? And trust my example or trust, you know, other people's example that you've seen do it. And it's the same thing with the Book of Mormon. Oh, it's just some writing on paper and you made it up, da, 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 whatever, you know. No, it's actually real. And it was about a real civilization. And you can know too. You just have to try it, <laughs> right? It's the same thing. And it, it really hit home with me about um, obviously being consistent in my example, not only with my health, but also with the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. And that consistency, people do tend to ask questions. And want to know and then when they ask you do not be afraid to share like you can't 
not pass, you can't pass up an opportunity to share the gospel. You just, you have to share it <laughs> no matter how small or little, you know? I mean, and if you do pass up an example uh, or a, what's it called? An opportunity. opportunity. Then, you know, you, you will be prompted to change. <laughs> you know, you'll get a little course correction, but it's just so important that we share the book of Mormon with other people and we do it out of love. And we don't do it because we we only do it because we want other people to be better. You know? Anyway. <laughs> that was my that was my whole thing. Yeah, I think that it goes back to in the thirteenth article of faith, if there's anything virtuous, lovely, or of good rapport or praiseworthy, we seek after these things. Right. <clears throat> Um, in, in worldly terms, definitely like anything that is good is of God. It's been allotted to humanity for their gain. You know, but you have to be careful. Can I, can I interrupt you there? Yeah. Anything that's good <coughs> is from God. Now you have to be able to discern. And let me tell you why I'm going to give you this example. I was on my mission and a lady who we, we, she's like potential investigator, haven't actually had lessons. She's like, oh, sisters, God bless me. And I've told you this before. Yeah, you've talked about this on the podcast. On conference talk? Mm, maybe not. Maybe on the Book Mormon podcast, but, but no, I mean, please go ahead. It's fine. But my point is you have to be able to discern because she's like, oh, sisters, God bless me. And I, and I won this lottery ticket thing like she won like three thousand dollars or something i can't remember yeah and i'm like you know I, i'm i'm of course we're like oh good sister that's amazing what are you gonna do with it blah blah blah, blah right and um like obviously she gambled to get it or like she paid money or like a scratch off card or right. whatever and i'm like sitting there and i and i get home that night and i'm like how how could she benefit from something that heavenly father asked us not to do right like he asked us not to gamble or do lottery or anything like that like how does that work right and um anyway so i'm sitting here thinking how does this work and then i finally realized like oh my gosh this is satan trying to make something bad look good because here's the thing here's how satan could entrap her she thinks god blessed her with all this money and then she's going to pray again and go out again and go buy that lottery ticket again. And she's going to lose her $50 or whatever she's found it. And then she's going to try it again because she believes it happened again. So God can do it again. And then she's going to lose more money. And then before you know it, she's lost more and more money. And then she's blaming God instead of thanking God. Right? So it's very important to be able to discern good things because Satan made something look really good when actually it was bad, right? Because you got to think long-term here. And so when you say that, I just, I also want to add in discern, discern those good things. So if I may, <laughs> sure. I'm going to read from the 28th chapter of Second Nephi, verse 16. Woe unto them that turn aside the just for a thing of naught, 
and revile against that which is good and say that it is of no worth. Okay, that's making, that's calling good evil and evil good. Mm -hmm. So that taps into what you're talking about. Right. I just think that it's important to dig deeper into this 13th article of faith and say, uh, the way that I said it, yes, anything good is of God. That's like, that's such a throwaway line, right? But what Joseph Smith, a, a prophet of God said, if there is anything virtuous, lovely, or of good rapport, or praiseworthy, we seek after these things. So he's not saying, oh, if it's good, it's from God, right? Because exactly what this sister experienced could have been a, a tactic of the adversary to actually estrange her from God. And so understanding, like, was that virtuous? Was that, was that virtuous to gamble, right? Is it of good rapport, right? Um, because, I mean, the whole point of gambling is that you pay in until you win, right? Right. And then if you continue to pay in, you then get to a net negative, <laughs> right. right? So And you just keep hoping right. you're going to come out good. And I think the reason the prophets and apostles counsel them out to do that is because they want us to be self-reliant. They don't want us gambling our money. That's not a self-reliant way to live. Oh, 100%. So. Because it's very, that's a good point. Like, you know, the. And it also can become addictive. There's definitely addictive. um, There's a risk of addiction with with anything like that where it plays with the chemicals in your brain right because that's what that rush is the gambler's rush yeah but yeah let's get back to it how what do we what do we want to say is are we coming up on a concluding thought like where are we at with (laughs) this talk where are we at with this talk um you know one part that we did miss out on is his his uh, his invitation that we need to invite with love and we need to have charity when talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that, um, don't invite <laughs> because you're not doing it for the right reasons. Your intent isn't right. Your intent, yeah, intention isn't right. Okay. So I think that Elder Christofferson really hit on the points of loving those that we share the gospel with and inviting and not compelling them. While the gospel message is compelling, we don't compel, right? We only invite. It goes back to what you were talking about where you were driving by a church that shall not be named the other day. I don't even know the name of the church. Well, it was, it was just a, it was, it was kind of just a small, you know, street corner uh, church and on the on the sign which <laughs> you know like the advertising what a burger has a sign out front right it has like that sign where they put up like it's a customizable yeah. sign right where it says <laughs> yeah. like dr pepper shakes or bat right? right 
if your church has that, uh, okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. I'm just, what is it? Is it? Is that virtuous, lovely, <laughs> praiseworthy of good rapport? Uh, you be the judge. But anyway, so on this sign, it said the end is near. Like, is the end near? Or something like, something that? like that? Okay. The end of the world. Is the end coming? And that's kind and of, like, that's like trying to get people by compulsory means, right? Saying like. Like by their fear. Right. Of the end of the world. That's why I didn't like it. I was like, you're, you're. You're advertising to people's fear in this uncertain time. Why would you why would you bring more fear? Like I don't know, it just it didn't sit well with me. Right. <laughs> I was like, what? Now, on the flip side, and this one is exactly what I brought up to you and you brought it up earlier in this conversation mm-hmm. was President Nelson looking right in the camera and saying time's running out. Right? Right. He's not I did not feel at that moment. How I felt when I saw that sign. Right. Right. I didn't feel like, oh no, I have to get all my things in order. I have to do, I have to get everything ready because it's going to be over soon. I thought, I thought only positive things. I thought of like, man, I want to be better. Right. Not like, oh, I need to go and like gather up material goods and like. Because he did it with love. Right. Exactly. He, he what's that scripture in DNC um about oh, reproving betimes. Betimes. Oh, we need to look it up. I feel like we cannot not cannot not share it, right? Like let me see. If we just Google it real quick, maybe we can edit the podcast to, you know, get the you know, out. while you're doing that, I wanted to make just an aside to our audience. We never edit the podcast for any reason. Yeah. Now, there have been times where we cut it off ah. early. Yeah. Just to finish my thought before yeah. Shelby uh, shares this. You know, we've cut it off because, okay, well, we're going a little bit long at the end. We'll just go ahead and cut it off there, right? But, you know, that's – I hope that that shows some authenticity with the the book of mormon podcast conference talk uh yeah. and all of christ-centered conversations because we're not having to go back and say oh the thing that i said i don't know if that was inspired because that's a that's a slippery slope so just a little that's a topic for another time i think yeah so back to that quote or it's not a quote oh my goodness shelby <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a scripture, scripture. In Doctrine and Covenants 121, 41 through 43. And this is, to give you context, is Joseph Smith teaching the Lord's way of exercising priesthood authority. And it starts in verse 41. It says, no power or influence can, can or ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood only by persuasion, by long suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love and faith. I want to note that persuasion means encouraging others to believe or do something by reasoning or pleading with them. Okay. Then 42, by kindness and pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile. And this is the scripture. This is what president Nelson did. Reproving betimes with sharpness when moved upon by the Holy ghost and then showing forth 
afterwards an increase of love towards him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy. So President Nelson had the Holy Ghost with him, was sharp when he said time is running out, and afterwards he showed us how much confidence he had in the saints of the church. He didn't say time is running out and we need to, you know, you don't have your this and this and you suck and you're not praying and he didn't do that. He said time is running out and I want my saints to know or the Lord wants his saints to know that we can we can do better and we can be better and we can repent and that we he has faith in you, right? Like he didn't he didn't say anything that made you feel worse. He only made you feel better. Right. Yeah. So when we do, taking it back into the context of the talk, when we are sharing the gospel, we should never leave someone feeling worse after sharing the gospel. They should always feel better after they leave your presence. Right? And that's how you need to share the gospel is you need to stop drinking and smoking and blah, blah, blah. No, we don't say that. We just invite them to read the Book of Mormon and say, you know, maybe just stop smoking, you know, one less cigarette a day. If you want to if, change. If we're right. at that point right. in our discussion. Exactly. But we're not, we don't come out of the gate oh, yeah, swinging sure. with word of wisdom. Oh, yeah, no, I get you. But I'm just saying, if they come to you in confidence and they tell you I'm having this problem, it's a perfect time to say maybe just, um, st- you know, try having one less pack a day. And then I really think that incorporating Christ into your life will help you, that his power can help you. And and I know this because of Mormon. Bam, here it is. Right. <laughs> right. So that's my whole concluding thought there. <laughs> okay. About the love part of the talk. Cool. Char- I can dig it. Charitable part of the talk. Anything from you, Kev, my co-host? You know, I've really, I really kind of opened up um, early on, you know, yeah, you, I, you were gone for a while. I shared all my thoughts early on about the talk, and and that's, you know. Uh, but I I will close with a testimony, uh, my testimony, that I know that thus far in this season of conference talk, which is all of this April 2020 conference, Everything that we've talked about and read and everything that was spoken is 100% true. Um, I, you know, I, I, and I admit, you know, we're, we're coming up on next episode's the last talk of this conference. And I've never gone this deep in a conference before me either dude <laughs> i'm right there with you babe. and uh you know i just uh i know that a testimony should not become a thankimony but i am thankful for the spirit which i know to be of god that has taught me so much as i've i prepared this podcast as a, as an offering Right in the very first talk that we talked about or that we discussed by Elder or President Ballard, mm-hmm. he talked about like what will you prepare as an offering in the coming days to the Lord, mm-hmm. 
and and he talked about you know this cause for which we're we're you know that we've taken up right which is the restoration of the gospel of jesus christ the building up of the kingdom of god and you know i've i've definitely felt i felt the spirit so strongly over the past six months because of it um i've made very like stark connections between the talks, talks and well of course inter intertwined right the talks definitely work together but things that the apostles and general authorities have said and things that have happened in my life and i see like oh this is why i needed that this is why the lord wanted me to hear that and then hear it again and hear it again <laughs> and so on and uh yeah i know that i know that jesus christ is our savior that he's restored his church and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I have nothing to add. I talked my little heart out, but I know everything you said is true. What's going on next week? What are we talking about next week? Next week? Yeah. Conference. General well, conference. Well, that's true. So we have one more episode, which was what I was getting at. And oh, sorry. <laughs> that, the, <laughs> last, the last talk is titled go forward in faith and it is by our beloved prophet president russell m nelson and Yay. you know like i don't even remember anything about this talk like he's talked so much in this conference he that it all lie. it all runs together but i'm super excited to begin studying it that's going to be our last episode of this conference and next weekend is, is general conference yeah october 2020 and like we knew that something was going to be different about april 2020 and i think that october conference of 2020 will also be very unique very special and so timely with all the things that have happened since april right yeah so if you don't have the time, you know, and, and this is kind of like a little admission of mine. There were some years that I forgot about conference was coming up, you know, yeah. because I, I was, I was a little, I wasn't going to church as much and, and things like that. And so like, I would be scrolling through my feed, like on social media, on Saturday, just a random Saturday, you know, whatever, but it wasn't random. It was mm -hmm. conference Saturday. And I was like, Oh man, conference is going on this weekend. And then I thought I'll need to tune into that or I'll need to listen to some of that. And you know, the first year after my mission, when I got home, mm -hmm. I tuned in second year, I was slipping a little bit. And by that third, fourth year, I was just not, I was not as diligent. I didn't have like, I didn't request off work. I didn't make sure that I was set up, you know? So if you haven't done that already, make sure that there's no conflicts, this, this conference. And then set that precedent for the rest of your life. 
don't let it get to the point where, well, yeah, I got to work that Saturday morning, right? Don't, uh, don't let it happen. That's just my, that's my admonition to us all. I like it. Anyway, um, what else, y'all? Anything else? Nope. Awesome. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.